0: oh uh, hola, como estás? Muy bien, ¿y tú? Hello, everybody, this is uh Philip Dixon of the Three Masters Podcast. uh, uh boys boys introduce yourself
1: hey everybody you already know who it is it's Isaiah. i say uh
2: nice nice okay I- <laughs> say, that's, that's clever <laughs> you know this is your boy a wheezy a town you know that's what they call me
0: that is not Andrew. what they call you uh i don't know you've been in <laughs> Chicago too long uh, um uh but you know yes this
1: is. you know how it is this is the three matches no, they call they call him a w
0: I, do you, know,
2: you call him cool. A.W.? or just, just call me the dub.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <I> stay winning. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, this is the Three Masters podcast, right? And you heard from us, the three of us, the Three Masters. And today we have a guest. And uh, he is a legend. He is an apparent trailblazer of the Latino people. He is a man from Guatemala. Who is now in Cincinnati? He has been surrounded by the whites, the Latinos, and the blacks, but never the Latinos in the United States. He stands out. He is one of a kind. He is Guillermo Sanchez. Guillermo Sanchez, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you guys? Way to bring the energy. We're doing
3: great. We're doing great. At least I (laughs) clap. There we go. There we go.
0: Okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah well, we can
3: make it a bilingual po- po- podcast if you want. I want
0: to understand I'm sure, what's being said. I'm, sure Isaiah, I I'm see, Isaiah
3: will keep up. He'll keep up. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You got to translate oh, for
4: us,
0: Isaiah. Asi, oh, oh, oh. oh. uh, Asi. All right. Isn't that like right. a saying? <laughs> no one actually says in
3: Spanish? It, it is. That is correct. See. see. Just use Spanglish. Yeah,
0: I know see. context. I know context. Um. That's why I get for hanging out with so many Latinos in undergrad. Um. So, Guillermo, start this off, you know. Tell us a little about about tell us a little about a little bit about your background, right? Tell us, uh, you know, the things that makes totally you, you. are. Yes, I say you.
3: The things that makes you you. Yeah, man. Uh, like you said, I'm from Guatemala. Came to the U.S. when I was 15, 10 years ago now. Can we get a USA chant? No. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I I came when when I was a sophomore in high school. I went to a private. School here in Cincinnati, or like in the suburbs of Cincinnati. So just by saying that, you can you can assume that it was ninety nine percent white. Um, i you just trying
0: to make sure you all knew that you weren't in the inner city. But OK,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where it was, though. It's like half an hour away. Um, OK, OK. And it was a private Christian school. You know, they gave me ch- the chance to, to be there for three years, finish high school there. Um, After that, everybody was like, you know, might as well apply to college. I applied to several schools. I think I got into every school that I applied, but like no one was gonna give me money because they were like public schools and they were like, nah, we gotta take care of the locals first. Um, so then I started applying to like smaller private schools, and that's how I ended up going uh, hearing about Fisk, yes. HPCU, had no idea what an HBCU was. saw the website and I was like, clearly something to do with black people. Uh, but I said <laughs> you <laughs> I gotta I be there. <laughs> <laughs> but I applied. Uh, I was able to get a good scholarship there and ended up going there. Had a great time, Nashville, Tennessee. What up? four years? Uh, that's where I ended up meeting Philip. Um, and I, I, think we did some some good things down there in Nashville. Uh, and moved up to even better things. So now I'm back here in Cincinnati. Now I am closer to the inner city. Um, working at <laughs> Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Getting a degree from the University of Cincinnati, uh, a PhD in molecular biology. Um, I'm in my third year right now, uh, working on stem cell research and just having a good time, trying to stay safe.
0: Yes, trying to be like a Trojan, stay safe. Um, Sure. Okay. (laughs) No, okay, that's good, that's good. Um, um, Stem cells, like the things people inject into their knees uh, and overseas. Yeah,
3: yeah, I mean... uh, The ones that I work with are stem cells that you can make from patients. Like you take the patient's blood and then treat those cells um, to kind of um, take them back to like their initial uh, stage. Mm -hmm. So basically similar to to what like an embryonic stem cell would be. And then from that, you can treat it to become anything. Um, You can get like brain tissue, you can get muscle, you can get uh, intestine, stomach, whatever. So um, I mainly work with going from stem cells to the uh, digestive system and and studying disease in the digestive system and different uh, genetic mutations there.
0: So stem cells come from
3: embryos? They can. So uh, QAnon is right?
0: You said what? So QAnon is like right, you know. I, I, what did they say from
1: a uh, fr- fr- from from yeah. abortions and stuff like that you know, so back yeah back you in the day can so Isaiah the- get <laughs> stem cells from that
3: back, yeah back in the day that's where they would get them but now um they usually okay. get them from like leftover uh fetus, fetus. artificial insemination oh, uh okay. embryos that were okay. already like made outside of the body they yeah. never went into the mom um so, so they just tube, kind of get them ba- yeah basically so it's you know they usually make, like, 20, but, like, they can only put, you know, four to five in in the woman because if you put 20 in there and all 20 hatch, then, you know, she might die um, because right. it, clearly she can't, like, be pregnant with 20 Explode. kids. So um, a there's a bunch of leftovers and, you know, instead of throwing them away, use them for research.
1: So yeah. when it comes to stem cells, and you're, you've been studying them for about three years now. Yeah. What, what is like I guess the practical use of stem cells? Because as a just a regular person, when you just hear about stem cells, you hear about them, you hear what they can do. But uh, can you give us any case studies to where it's actually been implemented for something? Sure. Uh, in a real, in a real life uh, scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So for example, there's been a couple studies that um, go from stem cell to intestine, and you can get about you know one centimeter size piece of intestinal tissue. And instead of having to go to the the patient with a mutation for a biopsy and getting some tissue out of the patient and seeing what the biopsy does and, like, how does the biopsy change their cells and everything, you can just take their stem cells, make the intestine in the lab, and then look at that. And you don't have to get the biopsy from the patients. Uh, In the future, the, the goal, the ultimate goal is that if somebody has, you know... A cancer, or or some sort of ulcer, or like an injury, you can get stem cells from that patient. CRISPR edit them to correct that cancer, to correct that mutation, make the healthy tissue, and then transplant that healthy tissue back into the patient, and just kind of far, switch that off.
1: How how far away do you think that reality is? So do the,
3: the so the editing you can do already. Um, that you can make the tissue. Um, I'll say probably like 10 years to get the tissue to, you know, the amount that you would need to really change a whole organ and then another 10 years maybe to figure out the, the transplant side because, um, you know, you really have to figure out how, how those cells, they're still kind of outside cells and you have to get them to sync up with the rest of the body and, and work together with the rest of the body. So that's going to take a while too.
1: So you're thinking maybe 20 to 30 years until we can get something that's workable in certain certain scenarios. Yeah, I would say
3: 20 years, and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there's some sooner. Um, I've seen a, a couple of things done in, in colon cancer already where there's ulcers, so this just basically like holes in your in your intestine and in your colon, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of just patch them up with the healthy cells. I've seen that already. But to replace a whole organ, then there's, that's definitely... Uh, a long way from that probably. Yeah. Science fiction. Almost. I've seen I've yeah. seen
0: uh things in terms of stem cells when it comes to athletes and knee injuries. Um I know for a long time it was not acceptable for like that kind of rehabilitation in the United States and like sports leagues wouldn't allow that to happen. So a lot of people would go over to like Germany, uh uh or like places in South America to get the stem cell uh work done. Um yeah. uh, so how has stem cell like the stigma i guess there was a stigma around stem cells in the medical community how has that stigma shifted in the last i guess like maybe five years now
3: i mean there's still a stigma like when i mentioned embryonic cells you kind of were like so they're coming from embryonic uh, like that's still, all all,
0: i was joking like i was clearly joking. No, i, I know make but sure like, all joke. everybody well, knows listening no, that no, no, but, but, no, that
1: but that, that reaction what what is saying? legit
3: yeah. uh like I, good, I yeah i recently heard from one of my my friends from school That like he went to church On a random Sunday You know before the pandemic And and the priest was like uh, You know how in the Catholic church They have like They pray for kind of common things One of those was to end stem cell research Um, So that's definitely still a thing I think the Pope has made a couple comments In the last two years That is like I see the benefit But uh, depending on the source It's still wrong Um, Radical Pope so yeah so when it comes to like the church there's probably still some sort of um kind of like a bad impression depending on the state that you're in actually you can uh, get certain cells or a certain tissue to study versus not for example here in Ohio you cannot get any fetal tissue in Michigan you can get fetal tissue so if there's a miscarriage if there's some sort of uh, procedure where the embryo happens to not survive or the fetus happens to not survive, that tissue can then be donated to research in Michigan, but not in Ohio. So um, there's a bunch of, of, you know, stigma that I still need to change as far as the athlete one. I think is it's, it shouldn't be a bad thing because you're, you're definitely prolonging the, the, the career of the athlete and you're, you know, making more money like if you're a team, for example, you're a team owner. If you're the the league uh, commissioner, you shouldn't be mad that LeBron is getting stem cells. Like, why would you want LeBron to be injured and be done? I think it just comes um, back yeah.
0: down to a moral thing for most people. That's how you mentioned. Like, but yeah, yeah but like, then like, you, you they think, can Like business wise, those... you would think so. But I think that right people pick obviously pick and choose what they want to be moral about, and uh, you know, with the whole I guess pro life rhetoric that surrounds stem cell. Um. Uh, there's a correlation between that, that people want so, to pick and choose that for stem cells. For
3: example, now, let's say if LeBron wanted to uh, improve the hairline, for example, like he could like donate blood. The blood can uh, be isolated. Specific cells from the blood can be isolated, made into stem cells. Those stem cells can be treated to become like hair follicle, uh, like younger hair follicle cells. Yeah. and those can be like then injected and then he will have more hair yeah i've definitely heard about that hurt's painful it. too like is that is immoral that this if head- it's his own it's his own cells right yeah. like it, i don't i don't know if, if that's immoral i said here getting your blood uh,
0: injected back into your head for hair is like not a comfortable uh, process. Yeah, it's, uh a bit, yeah it's a little sad bit a little bit out there
3: but immoral i don't know yeah but i mean painful Whoa.
1: So, since you're talking about the morality of it and how people have a lot of issues uh determining on the source of where they're getting the stem cells, do you have any personal? I know you study it, so you, you obviously to some extent, like it. To so a certain extent, does it, Like you're used to it, you're comfortable. But when you first got into the work, yeah. did you have some type of reservations? Do you have any personal thoughts or more or or any religious reasons on what kind of made you? that if it did make you com- conflicted on doing this type of research?
3: So I would still call myself a Catholic even though I don't go to church. I don't really participate. But, you know, I was raised that way and I, I still hold that, like, that's part of your the family and, and all that. Um, and when I first told, like, my mom what, what kind of stuff I was doing, she was kind of like, you know, maybe that's not the best. But then I explained to her, like, you know, at this point, what am I going to do? Like, it's not like whatever those cells came from, that's done, like, might as well use it for something else, something that's useful, rather than it be, like, thrown away, uh, or just kind of buried, or kept, you know, incinerated, or whatever, like, there's really been huge things done by stem cell research um, that's getting close, is getting us closer to curing specific diseases, or, like, just figuring out you know how to treat other diseases that had not been done before and wouldn't have been possible without the stem cells. So before, a lot of the research was in mice or other animals, but now because you can recreate and you know consistently reproduce that uh, human tissue from like different stem cells, you don't have to use maybe other animal models. Um, and like if, if you look at it that way, is that uh, moral? Because you know you're not. You have the same sort source from the cells from back in the 90s that you just kind of keep replicating and replicating just growing them out growing them out uh and if that makes you stop using animals at some point like is that better if if the source is already there like you're not really doing anything new you're not really getting new cells from any um of those sources that are the controversial ones anymore i think that the upside is a lot higher okay, um okay. as a man of science,
0: how do you feel about the it's like a weird hesitance on the advancements of medicine that a lot of people in like general populations that we've seen it now with the uh the whole vaccine rhetorics um how do you feel towards the advancements of medicine and how like there's like still a hesitancy uh by the general population in like terms of advancements
3: I wish there wasn't and I think that the main issue was that everything from the get-go especially with with coronavirus everything from the get-go was made political Um, that's where it kind of started I would say and then uh, from there like the people that may be against it like they probably got vaccinated as kids and were able to enjoy life without having, you know, polio. So, like, I don't understand why the hesitance now. Obviously, it was a little bit more of an accelerated process to get this vaccine out. But if, um, for example, if I got the chance to get it, I would get it. Um, and, And I don't think I would have a preference in a specific company. But because I understand that, you know, even though I'm not the most at risk, maybe I could get coronavirus and be fine. There's people out there that maybe not have the access to the healthcare, maybe not have the access to the treatment that if they were to get it, you know, they would definitely uh, suffer more and possibly die. So why wouldn't you, you know, the vaccine is really not hurting you. Like there's some side effects, but it's In the long run, it's going to be good. And if you could, in that way, you could take care of your family. Like if you were to get the vaccine and then go back home, knowing that you cannot give the disease to your parents, knowing that you're not going to make your grandma sick. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Um, It all started when it got political. And I think at this point, no one can deny that this is a real thing, that this is like a really bad disease. Like, just look at the numbers and, and how fast it spread and how many people got it, how many people have died. A lot of people have survived and that's great. But even doctors and nurses are dying just from, from being out there trying to treat these people. So if um, you really want to be a responsible citizen, I would, be like, I would say that if you get the opportunity to get that vaccine, why wouldn't you do that?
0: Yeah, I, I, I use coronavirus as an example but I was, you know, you could, you could, I figure you can relate that to many medical uh, advancements, uh, you know, just like you said, stem cells. I mean, the whole rhetoric of the, the the pro-life rhetoric and the abortion and how you feel about that and where you get the, where you, where you, where you get the research from or the, that's research, but where you get the, I don't know what the word be, like where you get the the cells, the cells from, right? Where you get those things from, like that all falls into like a political landscape itself. So... Do you think that there's an issue with political ideologies kind of dictating um, the thought process of people when it comes to advances in medicine? Or should you just be like, try it? you should, it'd be like an idea or like a conscious decision to separate them. Uh, what, 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 how, how do you feel
3: about that? So the, the country is supposed to be like, there's a, there should be a separation between church and state. Right, and I think if that was maintained then some of these things wouldn't be an issue because you know if you look through the constitution nowhere in the constitution it says like you cannot take cells from an unborn baby and study them I don't think, I mean I haven't read it but like I don't think it says that Uh, (laughs) that all came from the church and if you look at any other disease probably when the vaccine first came out, a lot of people were hesitant. But eventually, you know, the, the clinical trials and, and all the, the studies that they were done before the, giving the vaccine to people held up, and the ones that didn't hold up clearly were cut right away. I don't think the vaccine would have gone this far uh, if it was something like that. And just advancement in general... I don't think it would have gotten this far if it wasn't really doing good. Um, there's definitely some regulations that have to be placed at some point. Like right now, you can uh, edit genes. So you can edit genes for for something to not have the ability to like suffer from a specific disease. Um, if there's no regulations at some point, maybe people are going to get greedy and are going to start wanting babies that like are going to be, you know, six, five and above or, you know, just like better (laughs) muscle development.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
3: Stuff like that. So like at some point, you know, you need, you need some regulation. Yeah. Uh, But that should be like, I'm okay with the government being involved because most of the funding for research comes from the government. So I'm okay with them setting some regulations, but then, when you bring uh when you allow church to get into it and the thing is if you were to have like a forum with leaders from every religion and they all agreed then maybe there would be a better argument than just allowing like the Protestant white people to to dictate what's wrong uh versus not so um it's clearly not any religion that gets a say it's a specific religion and I think that's where the issue uh, starts. Okay. Yeah, true. And
2: I feel like a lot of issues around, like, specifically, like, the vaccine comes down to just people are scared. Like, they're scared of what's happened in the past where people have been almost, like, ex- or not, actually experimented on. And then it's come to the present where people just straight up don't understand it. And that's why they probably wouldn't take it. Mm. But to sort of switch some gears a little bit, I want to know if your, like, cultural or your heritage played any type of part into you wanting to go into the medical field.
3: Uh, I don't think necessarily. Uh, I've always enjoyed science. And, I mean, in school, like, mm. I wasn't... I, I would like to think that I wasn't, you know, the one that would sit in front and literally not do anything. Like, I still got involved in sports. I still, like... Did all the things, but whenever it came to listening and learning about the new things, that probably science and math were like the highlights. I mean, history, I really didn't like Screw you. care for it. I wasn't good at writing like <laughs> essays and reading just like Shakespeare and all that. Um, so I don't think it was necessarily heritage. Um, the fact that when I came here, I realized that there were many other opportunities that I probably wouldn't have had I stayed in Guatemala. Played probably a bigger factor, um, and just the fact that you know things worked out, and I was able to get opportunity after opportunity to to kind of keep going, um, and you know eventually I saw that there weren't a lot of people from similar backgrounds to me doing what I'm doing now, and it's like why why not? Like I don't I never saw that as a deterrent to to do it. I I you know when I think about people that are different or whatever, you got to someone has to start, and and that person then sets the train or whatever. I'm not saying I'm the first one. I'm not saying no no no. Um, I'm inspiring talk people already, but <laughs> talk your talk. Uh, the very
2: first one, right? Yeah,
3: not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never before had a Hispanic person like science, but um. <laughs> On, I hope that at some too. point, you know, if I ever end up working at an at institution here, let's say like at KU, I have my own lab over there or whatever. Then I can start recruiting from Guatemala, you know, people that are coming out of college down there, um, stuff like that. So uh, as far as heritage, probably plays more into my future goals rather than what I'm actually doing right now.
0: Mm, so yeah. you're a
3: trailblazer.
0: Like... Like you are gonna say you are because no one's gonna be like I'm a trailblazer, but like at the end of the day, like, like you want to blaze the trail, it's you want to blaze the trail for people coming up behind you in Guatemala by being yeah. A role model I mean, them. who
3: who doesn't want to do that? trailblazer? You know?
0: But who doesn't want right to do, do this that, blazing? <laughs> I mean, that's true. No like, one. I think you want to do the same thing, right? Of course, right. And like, people yeah. want to do that, but you know. At this moment, especially with you being a man from Guatemala, you said you you personally know of one other person who um, is either at or headed towards the PhD status from Guatemala. Looks like to me that you are over here the bu- the, bu- blazing the trail.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's at he's at Harvard now. Uh, I'm I'm gonna like hear him give a seminar tomorrow. And probably talk to him a little bit after, um, but yeah, I I didn't really know about him until we kind of got that notice of the seminar a couple weeks ago. So that was pretty exciting. Wow! Was he on something? The trailblazer. Yeah, the, he he for sure is <laughs> trying sure. to trying to get there. I guess know? what
2: I was sort of like following. I guess if I change up my question a little bit, I was more so like asking like. Are doctors, like, seen highly in Guatemala so that so much that, like, people want to leave the country to go study medicine to really, like, elevate their status back in Guatemala? Like, if that might have played a part.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. I think doctors are for sure, like, medical doctors are for sure seen as, you know, successful people. And, and that's what I wanted to do when I was there. And if had I stayed, that's what I probably would have done. Um, But then I, I, like I said, I really didn't know about the other opportunities in science. Um, And I think if I go back with, you know, after, after I finished my degree here, if I went where to go back, there really wouldn't be opportunities for me to work down there. But I'm sure it will still be seen as a high achievement, especially because you were able to leave and kind of stayed long enough to, to make things work. I think anybody that leaves and is able to do whatever they do outside of, of Guatemala is, is a good it's a good thing. It's a pretty like at least where I'm from, it's like a small like a pretty small town feeling that like people get out, you know, go to the big city and whatever. But even more impressive or even more uh, rare to get out of the country and and do it here uh, or Europe, for example. So, I I didn't like when I first got the chance to come. It wasn't for the recognition. It wasn't like I didn't say yes okay, for that. Okay. I said yes because they offered, and I was like, yeah, I'll go to the u.s and and i thought it was gonna be like high school musical type shit but it wasn't um but i was just curious you know like i'm gonna go and see see what happens uh and you know the recognition all that comes after but it wasn't the goal
1: How, how was the culture shock coming in uh being growing up in a you know a completely different country with different cultural values
3: so I was lucky enough that when I came here, I lived with a host family that I'm still close to to this day. Like, I, I actually spent Christmas with them because I wasn't able to go back to Guatemala this year because of COVID. But um, I had the good luck that they are also uh, from South America. So they they speak Spanish. They have an adopted daughter from Guatemala that as soon as I got here kind of saw me as, as her big brother and, and they wanted me to kind of teach her more about Guatemala and all that. Um, so that was a cool transition because it allowed me to, even if I was at school, kind of figuring out the language even. Because uh, when I came, my English wasn't this good. I still had to like ask people to slow down <laughs> uh, and kind of think about words and translate everything. But even if I was having, you know, a tough time at school, but I could still go back to the house and talk to them in Spanish. And they were able to, like, translate if there was any confusion or help out or tell me, like, who to talk to or whatever. So that was very helpful. As far as um, the other students, for example, I was I think I was able to, you know, make friends fairly quickly um there were a lot other of other international students at that school but none of them were from Latin America mostly Asian Mm, Asians and and I I mean they kind of stuck together so it was like I wasn't gonna go to their table I had to you know it was up to me to really get out there and talk to the locals so that's what I did and ended up uh, working out I got involved with soccer right away Um, So that allowed me to, you know, get to know more people and get more involved. And eventually I was able to to be more social and all that. I did, you know, I talked to Philip about this probably several times, just like how people, high school age people, specifically white people, just treat their parents and like have those freedoms and stuff like that that I didn't have. And I'm assuming you guys didn't have like at that age. Uh, like we talked about it Like just kind of Talking back to the parents Kind of just saying Yeah uh, Shut up you, I'm not eating dinner Yeah, yeah I'm not <laughs> eating dinner Like whatever I hate you mom Like that kind of thing Like you will it never makes. hear that <laughs> uh, And so that That was a big change uh, Education wise I was like Yeah classes Are harder Just because It's a different language Everything is mm. But at the end I, I was able to like Kind of catch up And, and deal with that I would say it was a bigger culture shock going from that high school to Fisk, than coming from Guatemala to the high school. Why? Uh right, if you really want to, yeah, know, we really want to know uh, the <laughs> Latino uh, experience. If you white if high school you can't imagine colleges. it already, uh, I wasn't I, I was in the suburbs here, and then I went to Fisk. That I mean, Philip won't let me lie. Like Isaiah, you've been out there. It's not the suburbs. No, I'm uh, in the hood, baby. It's a it's a different experience. I, I literally got to fist first day. They started playing uh, knock if you buck. <sighs> I, I saw a commotion. I was like, "What the hell is going Start on?" Start running, ducking. <laughs> I I legit never knew. I never saw stump the yard when I was a kid. Like I didn't know any of that. Uh, <laughs> and you know, yard. just like I really hadn't met that many people outside of the midwest i would say so like i i got to know a lot more people from the south um a lot more people from chicago east coast west coast and was a lot more diverse than here that it was pretty like isolated just everybody probably grew up and was born grew up in ohio the whole time like they'd never moved they were always here but then at Fisk I think because it's college And any college will have this It was a mixture Of a bunch of other people um, And just kind of like The dorm life was different too uh, Cause we lived in a trap just, house Yeah You okay. might, as well, call, right, we might like, as well call
0: it Spade spade We lived in a Quite the place. house. Yeah. yeah I
3: mean It's not, it's not the, <laughs> the types of dorms You see on TV You know what I mean <laughs> But uh, I enjoyed it um, I, I think it taught me a lot I got to know some great people and I was able to get out of there. Do uh, so he made it doing out. well with <laughs> a degree, and move move to the. It, it got me where I needed to be. You know, yeah. I, I'm back thankful then, that Fizz got me that chance. Hopefully, one day I can give back. And, uh, but I would say it was a bigger transition, just because, like, I mean, this was probably more like. The stuff that I was used to seeing, like American stuff that I used to, I was used to seeing on TV and movies and stuff. But I never really s- learned much about HBCUs or like kind of southern and more inner city life and all that stuff. So I I really didn't know. Um, but here, I guess by watching Friends, you could be like, ah, you can you can make some jokes, you can understand a little bit of the humor. But then fisk is different. Yes. Like I never saw Martin before. So like <laughs> like it's a different humor. It's just like different. Uh I think that was a bigger shock. But um, you know, I enjoy both experiences and now I I consider myself a, a connoisseur of, of the cultures. The cultures. You said um What about what about uh, the weather though? The weather? Oh the weather, the weather yeah. change. Uh so the first time I saw snow, I was like, holy shit, this is great. Uh, I went outside Played with it Whatever But then I had to Help clear the driveway I was like Alright I'm done with this Like I <laughs> When does it go away uh, Yeah So now I hate it Like I don't like snow <laughs> And and it doesn't snow That much here It's probably like one Once or twice A year That you get A, a good snow But I don't it's I'm not a cold fan cold though Yeah Oh it's, it's cold for sure That I mean uh, If you're inside the house You're good So uh, That's mostly What I've been doing but, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of, of the snow, none of the snow sports. Like, people are like, yeah, let's go ice skating. Um, nope. No, let's go skiing. Nope. None of that. Real quick, you said, that.
0: Um, you've you mentioned sports a couple times so far in this podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, can you please let the audience know about your previous basketball life?
3: Uh Sure. So uh, I, I played basketball in Guatemala probably, I started when I was in, I don't know, first, second grade. And I played all the way up to when I came here. That was like ninth grade. But um, when I was in, I want to say fifth grade, I got the chance to, uh, so like we had like a, a national tournament and my team won. So we won, like we were like the national champions at that age group. And we got the chance to come to the U.S. to play, like, different schools. Um, So we went to Memphis, Tennessee. And I think it was a specific connection that one of the coaches had done, had made with, like, a different high school, uh, like, a public school system down there. So we were able to go and play at a couple schools. And I was like, everybody, like, was taller. Everybody (laughs) was bigger. It was a different (laughs) kind of basketball. Like, it was legit not even close. But I got to, you know, wear the the Guatemalan uniform and say I went to play internationally, uh, and I'm I'm still bragging about that. Oh, I still tell people great, about yeah. that. But then you know you I came got here. That I I yeah, I have it in Guatemala, like it's in my house in Guatemala somewhere. You should get your mom uh, to like send it to you and legit frame it up and just go around saying you an I'll international
0: Guatemalan basketball player. <laughs>
3: I might have to do that. But then, you know, when I came here for high school, in my mind, I was like, well, maybe there's a chance. But I was like, hell no. I'm 5'7", you know, like, no way. Uh, Here, people are are different. Like, just the average height is taller than me. So, like, there was no way. So, I just stuck to soccer, you know, to to embrace that uh, stereotype. So (laughs) I I mean,
0: you know, you can... Have your mom send it, put it up. You know, whenever you got a lady friend come over, you could be like, hey, back in my heyday, I used to, you know, run with the...
1: Yeah, when
3: I was
0: in the fifth grade. When, when I was
1: 11. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> we don't mention ages. You don't mention ages. She'll right, be like...
3: You know, you say nah, back she'll just day. be like, so you peak
1: too early. And probably. <laughs> you're
3: peaking at 11. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I mean, okay. Um, but, you know, I, I kept it, you know, I played baseball for a year at Fisk, so, you know, I'm still dabbling into different things. Listen, you are a man of many who has dabbled in many
0: cultures, who has dabbled in many sports, who just dabbled in many things. You are a connoisseur of the cultures. And you kinda of were forced to be from going from a all white uh private school and before that you lived in Guatemala to the blackest experience you could literally have in America to going yeah, over here crazy. to uh to going over here to living back in Ohio and Cincinnati. And going yeah, to graduate school with, you know, it's pretty white with some, with some salt Bay some no, sprinkles Latinos uh, and uh, like other people.
3: Right after the, the pandemic started, there's this other guy from Mexico in a program and he had met a couple of people that were also Hispanic here. And then he like invited me to a couple of things. And now I'm in this group chat with 55 Hispanic people that all live in Cincinnati from like different countries uh, and we get together and drink Modelo's in socially distance, but not really, <laughs> uh, and and you know hang out and and do different things. So I'm I'm finally seeing the non-white side of of the city. It took you how and, long? And and it's Ten been, years to
0: find. I mean, me, when uh, I was in
3: high school, I wasn't really like coming to downtown and and <laughs> really looking for other Hispanics, but um, I mean now that I'm in grad school, I can just whatever so yeah, you I'm finally man. taking advantage of that yeah
0: you finally came into your own with the Latino community of Cincinnati
3: yeah man finally found them <laughs> finally found them <laughs> yeah I got, no, no, I got no, me they some. Found, of them. they found you yeah right? that's true they found you yeah. let, let me rephrase that and You couldn't Le- find each other? definitely found me I bet in that 55% no, group the, test
1: no the, 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 no but the guy the guy put him in the group chat the guy was like hey join this
3: yeah
0: yeah, need they need recruited partners, me. So no, I was he, recruited. So
1: they, yeah, they found him.
0: Yeah, I was a first round pick. I oh, don't know. He's fifty five. You, you, you might be a third no. round pick at this point. You over here, fifty five people you. me twenty twenty, maybe. Oh yeah, um. first round pick of twenty twenty. Okay, Guillermo. Listen, Guillermo, you you have done very. We have been. You have been very successful in the in the United States. Uh, but you know, I I need you to uh kind of just uh. I actually have no idea where I'm going with this. Somebody help me out. Somebody help me out. I wanted
3: to ask yes. I wanted to ask real yes. quick. Yes. Um, so I know Philip, you did your master's in what uh, education? No, 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 or, no, or history, no.
0: history, history, history.
1: What about Isaiah and Andrew? What about you guys? Uh, mine's a master's in accounting.
3: Okay. And
1: mine is IO psychology.
0: Nice. Okay. So this is four masters. Wait, do you have a master's? Do you have a master's, or go straight to PhD?
3: So if I were to like leave the program right now, I would get a masters. But if I just finish, I don't. I get the
1: PhD.
0: Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I Actually do have another So
1: you're el- so you're eligible you're master eligible. Yeah. So yeah. if you were to leave at any point, you would be a master, right? You would ha- be a master. Yeah, like I already
3: around. completed the credits and and did like the thesis part of it like to the masters level. Um uh, the PhD level is just like it has to be a lot longer and like a kind of more substantial um for it for them to be like, Yeah, you can graduate. So I actually I'll do say have, have, a have question probably like three me. years later.
0: I should do have a question for you. Um have yeah. recent did you ever just say yes or no to this question. It's a secondary question after this. Do you did you ever have like a American dream mindset when you got here? Like literally like when you were eleven, when you were fifteen when you first got here, like uh to stay? Like was there did you ever have like a man, like I'm really going to America kind of mindset at all.
3: Yes and no. Like yeah, it was like I'm going to, to the US, hopefully things work out, hopefully I can keep going, but it wasn't like you know, the the typical like is this or nothing? No, like, no, I, I know a lot, lot of people like...
0: came from other different, you know, countries
3: and they're just like So that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people literally leave everything to just get to the door here.
0: Oh, uh, the people I'm. Talking uh, it about. wasn't like that. No, no, it I'm wasn't th- like that for me. Uh, so, but still, you like have seen like the United States through like mo- media, movies, TV shows, oh, whatever. Sure, sure. No, you you said you you used to only get the Boston stuff or the big championship uh, teams for sports. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you? But like, when you first came over here, did you have like a man? I'm going to America. This is gonna be nice. And then, it, oh yeah. Say yeah. okay, so. Yes to that. Secondly, yeah. since being here. Has that thought process changed drastically, or even at all?
3: Now I would say I don't necessarily have to stay. Like um, after grad school, I want to look into possibly doing like a postdoc in Europe um, and just kind of staying there. I don't, I don't necessarily have to stay here. Like if there's a chance to for me to stay here, I will, but it's not the end all be all. Now that I am more familiar with. You know the the industry that I'm in or the area that I'm in, and I know how many other opportunities are out there. This is not the NLB There's good institute like you know who wouldn't want to work in Harvard or Stanford, but you know the London has or the UK has Cambridge. But
0: Uh, granted, I wasn't talking talking about like career wise uh, because I was I I bring this up because I was talking to one of my friends yesterday, and she's from France. And she came over here for college and has been here. Wee, wee. Wee, wee, wee. And uh, <laughs> she's been over here, but well, she's, she's getting her PhD in May. So she's been over here, you know, she's has, she has three degrees, been over here about, for about eight years, something like that. And she yep. was like, when she crossed the United States, she had seen, like, you know, the United States the perspective of like, movies and music and, you know, all the stuff that essentially the United States wants you to see and like not propaganda but essentially propaganda right and then now socially she's like every day something happens to where it has happened for the last a like, couple years to where she's just like this veil has been like uncovered and all of a sudden she's seeing like the true ins and outs of like what america actually is <clears throat> and not from like the perspective of like how you you see it in like a, a tom hanks movie or whatever And I was wondering if that same kind of situation happened to you or if, like, that ever happened to you or did you even have a similar mindset to that? So, it wasn't professional. It was more, like, social.
3: So, I mean, it depends on, like, I I would say it depends on what Forrest Gump, what Tom Hanks movie you're watching. If it's Forrest Gump, I'm like, yeah, there's some similar things still. (laughs) Um, No. (coughs) But uh, I, I definitely see now that it's not perfect. Like... There's are things that I would like to be better. I would like to... I would like them to change. Um, but I'm sure every country is like that. I'm sure in Europe there's racism. In Europe there's probably crime. There's definitely um, inequality. And, and probably people that are disenfranchised and all that. In Latin America there's definitely... You know, in Guatemala it's malnutrition. There's lack of education. Lacks of, lack of access to healthcare. Here, there's lack of access to healthcare. There's racism, so every place is going to have issues. Mm-hmm. Um, is probably like higher upsides here and in Europe than like Latin America, for example. But um, and probably the the bottom go lower. Like dirt poor here would probably be fine in. I don't know, Haiti, for example, you know, like the poor here do not compare to poor in other poor countries. Yeah, I've heard it.
0: I've heard if you haven't seen poor in India, you've never seen poor. Exactly. So,
1: yeah. When I went to Panama, I saw poor there in in Cologne. I was like, I was like, whoa, like they don't even have uh, a sewage system, at least in our poor areas. They got a sewage system. And the way and it rained that day and it was just flood in the streets and people were walking barefoot in the water. Right. Right,
3: so I would say, like, countries like the US and and most of the countries in Europe and, and, you know, some other developed countries, uh, Canada, Australia, you know, there's higher upsides and the the rock bottoms are not as low. But outside of that, every place is going to have bad things. Every place is going to – there's going to be room for improvement everywhere. Okay. So I wouldn't necessarily say – you know, the last years, couple of years have been difficult. Like, we were there at Fisk when, when Trump got elected, and that was something. That was an experience. <laughs> and since then, you know, a lot of things have happened. But a lot of things happened before. Like, a lot of things happened before right. I came here. Like, right. if I was here for, you know, nine eleven, I probably would have been like, yeah, I don't want to stay here. And a lot right. of people were here, and a lot of people stayed. And have seen worse since. Uh, and probably saw bad things before. So, if you go to any country, it's going to be the same. Like, there was a terrorist attack in Paris, you know, a couple years ago. Like, a lot of places are going to have issues. Um, It's just what you want to focus on. And, obviously, you can't ignore certain things. But if you can do whatever you can to help, then do that. If all you can do is vote, do that. Um, But if you can then, like work on something that is going to have some sort of impact and do that. But if you just keep going from one place to another because you're encountering some social issues that bother you, then nothing's going to change.
1: I 100% agree, Guillermo. That was pretty good. Well, do you guys have any other questions for him?
0: Uh, No, I don't got anything for this guy. Mm
1: -mm. You you got any, anything you want to ask us?
3: I want to ask what what kind of uh, like feedback have you guys been getting f- from this, and like any anything that uh, people have been like saying to to kind of talk about or what? Like what what's in like let's say the next three weeks? Like what are the topics that that? Shoot, or, we don't even know that answer yet. <laughs> no, 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 we don't know all that.
1: Well, we're well, well we're gonna be talking about a, uh. Uh, you know, so, some relevant current events that we kind of spoke about earlier. Oh, okay. got so, stunts. So, so, so uh, that's going to be coming up soon. And feedback has been uh, pretty positive so far. With the they love out. us. They love us all. That's yeah. good.
3: That's good, good. reviews. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Philip is the weak link here. So,
0: I mean, uh, I have got
3: the most hated ones. It is one.
1: got the hate
0: mail. Yeah, Philip <laughs> Phil,
1: Phil, Phil, <laughs> Phil has got a few haters. How come? Yeah, What's I mean, the
3: critique?
0: Yes, because they ain't us. Um, what do you say? I talk too much. Uh, uh, he said that uh, I need to fact what? check myself.
1: Uh, uh, whoa, one One, one, one guy on Twitter said that uh, he looked like he hang out with too many white people or something like that. Uh, well, uh, I mean, some of us can't talk,
3: can't speak on that because we do too. But um, Andrew's literally half white. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: hanging out know, with half of my family. Right. <laughs> <Yeah, like, laughs> uh, Sorry, for some when reason, see my uncle. Like, yeah. I'm an easy target. I'm not sure why I'm an easy target, but
3: like, if once again, I mean, we we used to. I used to have a podcast with Philip. Um, I mean, I we never prepared for anything, and sometimes when some time needed to be filled up, I think he was the guy to do it. Like, is that talking too much? I don't think so. I don't. I don't, I don't know. But listen, once again. If
0: you got issues with me, slide into my to my DMs nah. and let me know. Because, like, look, Throw don't text nobody out. else. Don't text <laughs> no one else about me. I got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. So you got something to me, say to me? Please say it to me. Man, over here calling, trying to talk bad about me to other people. I'm like, come on now. This is so whack. <laughs> like, this is real life the internet, though.
1: All right, thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you, Guillermo. <laughs> we can talk about uh, that some other time, Phil. Uh, they know yeah, that. And thanks for
0: having me. shoot. They hey,
1: so Guillermo, uh, we usually have shout-outs at the end of episodes. episode. So is there anyone you want to shout-out at the end of this episode? <laughs> anyone, anyway, it could be anything. Shout-out business, to uh,
3: Guatemala as a country. Keep, mm. Stay strong.
2: Represent.
0: Anybody? Uh, and, Andrew, you up? Oh
2: uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout-out Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Pretty average coffee, but it gets the job done.
3: Decaf? Because right now, it's kind of late. Now.
2: I live on a different schedule. <laughs> That's what happens when i on a pool. Uh, I, wanna... I haven't even had dinner yet. <laughs> God damn. I'm about to go do that I w- now. <laughs> I, w- I,
1: w- I want to shout out the, the professional group. It's a uh, Kansas City uh, small business CPA firm uh, uh, hosted by a, uh, older black another black man CPA. Go check that out if you're looking for any, uh, you know, tax. It's tax season, so you know what to do. If What's you need the help. Name? Go help it. It's the professional group. It's based in Kansas City, Kansas, off of 81st and Parallel. If you know, you know. Is but that their name? giving a shout out, out though. It's not if you.
0: Know, it's not a if yes. you know you know thing. You're getting a shout out, so shout them out.
1: <laughs> well, I am shout out. The, the name of the company is the Professional Group. Oh, creative. So Google okay. it. Google it. <laughs> Google it, Kansas. City, Kansas, it's a, it's a
0: accounting firm. So yes, very creative. I need a PR firm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess I'll give my True. shout out to the haters because once again, if you ain't got if you like if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So it is what it is. So shout out to all of them, Guillermo. And at the end of these episodes, we usually have, you know do a little musical guest, right? And um, this week, you know he's he's on the podcast uh, uh, a month ago. With his uh with his song Grindin. But he's back, NJC the booth killer. And this song is through my eyes. Through my eyes, cause through my eyes we will gain success from Guatemala to Kansas. And that right there NJC. is the end to the Three Masters Podcast. Goodbye
4: life is like a movie right yeah but that's my script needed little changes improvement right big move to a new city i thought i'd never leave the town now flying all around and i'm taking all my shit with me funny thing about it is the same ones that doubt it know they're paying the ballot with the heart of a lion, the fight of a giant, I'm here to show the world to see the rocks I'm climbing up, never care about no haters, I'll just get my paper, when you a chief no you ain't worried about a couple raiders, every single line there was no lie, if you going down you better swing and hit them all times, ain't nothing promised in this life so, everyday I thank the lord that I ain't running ISOs, Got a team with me, and y'all believe in me So when I make it, now y'all all getting cheese with me We'd have been through some highs and some lows But it's all a part of the growth I moved to Charlotte to grow Cause yeah, I had to find me some more And that I did Young Kansas City, Nick out here doing the big Flying out to California, meeting women off the plane It's sunny here while back home, it's thunder and raining. rain Nice a trip, but I'm cruising it Meanwhile, I love this praying that I'm losing it. Losing, it, uh, losing it. But that shit'll never bring me down. I done been through words on my face. you never see a frown and frown on my hand. I'm a king, I'm a king. Oh, Acknowledge it for you. Swallow it, taste these words. And think gargle uh-huh. spit it out, and you'll see the taste in your mouth is a thought Try to dispute it, ain't no resolving the issue. You just gotta go do it. And this is my thought, the only option is to make it to the ceiling from the basement, nigga Only thing you guaranteed in life is to be ashes over gravesite Keeping that in mind, I remain humble Keeping that in mind, I remain right I remain right Only thing you guaranteed in life is to be ashes over gravesite Keeping that in mind, I remain humble Keeping that in mind, I remain right I remain right. If you look into my eyes, you'll see Uh the pain. If you look into my eyes, you'll see the Uh glory. If you look into my eyes, you'll see the rain. If you look into my eyes, you'll know my story. Uh If you look into my eyes, you'll see the pain. If you look into my eyes, you'll see the glory. If you look into my eyes, you'll see the rain. If you look into my eyes, you'll know my story.